Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Where Is This Going? Before we get into it today, I want to please remind you to go follow me on Instagram at felix.levine and subscribe to my YouTube channel that you can find by searching my name, Felix Levine, on YouTube. There you'll find every episode in its video version as well as smaller clips and highlights from those episodes. If you're a fan or sponsor looking to get in touch with me, please reach out on my website that you can find by searching felix-levine.com. There you'll also find every episode in both video and audio formats, photos from every recording, and contact information for you there handy. Also, if you're listening to this right now, please just take a quick second to rate and review the show on Apple's podcast app. That would be a massive help. And my guest today, he is a celebrity cosmetic dentist, and he's been practicing for over 30 years in the Beverly Hills area and has had numerous celebrities such as Katy Perry, Usher, Hugh Jackman, Michael Strahan, Jessica Simpson, the list goes on and on. He has received over 20 Lifetime Achievement Awards, two Guinness Book of World Record Awards, and is a New York Times bestselling author and was recently the first dentist ever knighted by the Royal Order of Constantine. Please welcome America's dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. And we're live. I'm joined today by Dr. Bill Dorfman. Thank you, uh, Dr. Bill, for for taking the time today. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you on my show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I told you a few seconds ago, the way I, I like to start my episodes is if there's a little tidbit, a little story, a little something that the world doesn't already know about Dr. Bill. I mean, there's a lot out there, but uh, perhaps you have a little something for the audience. Uh... Well, I mean, this is kind of small, but uh, I grew up in Granada Hills. Uh, my kids grew up in Beverly Hills. The only commonality there was the word hill. <laughs> <laughs> we grew up uh, we grew up pretty poor. I mean, really poor. Um, but this is there were two incredibly famous people who I went to high school with. One was John Elway. Wow. And it's now the John Elway Stadium. And the other one, this is kind of a fun story, was Valerie Bertinelli, mm -hmm. the actress. And serendipitously, when I got to UCLA, my roommate at UCLA was Michael Harrington, who is the son of Pat Harrington, who played Schneider on Valerie Bertinelli's show one day at a time. So that's kind of a small world deal. Um, you know, I grew up with Valerie, we were good friends. And then I end up in the room in a roommate situation with, with Mike Harrington. So Mike and I became best, we're still best friends. And uh, we would go to the tapings Friday night and I would watch Valerie and Pat and the whole crew. So. Wow. So speaking of, of childhood, I guess uh, my first question right off the bat, if I told a young, you know, 10, 15-year-old uh, Bill at the time that he would be, you know, this prestigious America's dentist, Dr. Bill, uh, 45 years later, what would he have told me? Of course. Like, I had no doubt. 
from the age of four, I was going to be a dentist. Look at, I grew up a really weird kid. Um, I, you know, I fell down when I was four years old, uh, three years old. I knocked out all my baby teeth. And in order for my permanent teeth to grow in properly, I had multiple surgeries, but we had this great family dentist. And I always thought, you know, this is kind of cool. I want to do this and help people. So um, I always knew I was going to be a dentist, you know, um, and, and I wasn't a normal kid for other reasons. Like I remember my very first day of kindergarten, I was five. Right. And I go to kindergarten and I came home and my parents were like, how was school? I'm like, you guys, the kids in my class are so immature. I'm five. Like who says that? Wow. So for you, um, you know, where, I mean, where do you think that this, uh, you know, I've listened to a lot of your, your past interviews and for you, it's about, you know, if something doesn't work, you'll keep doing it, doing it again. That's one of your, your great quotes that I love. Um, but where does that come from? I mean, was there always this sense of drive and dedication to your craft? I mean, was that something that you had to, to kind of learn as you went? Um, how did that kind of come about as a character trait? You know, I don't know how you instill that in people. I think we're all just wired differently. I mean, obviously your environment helps to influence your direction and how you come out. But, you know, there's so much of, of, of a person, I think, is just, you're just pre-wired. Um, you know, I, 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 I always had these audacious, crazy kind of thoughts and goals. I, I mean, I remember when I was six, I came home from school one day and I told my parents, I said, you know what? I'm done. They're like, what do you mean you're done? I said, I, I don't need to go to school anymore. They said, what? of course you do. I'm like, no, I know how to read. I'll just read everything. They're like, nah, we think you're still going to go to school. <laughs> and I just, I didn't understand, like, why are they making me go here when I could just read everything and learn it? You know, mm. I, I don't know. I, I always had really weird, weird thoughts. Um, I think that you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, when you're on a national TV show like, you know, like uh, The Tonight Show or Ellen or any of these interview shows, what they'll do is they'll, they'll put you in a little room and they'll interview you and they'll ask you a bunch of questions. And then it's kind of a shotgun approach and they, they hit a bunch of different things, but then the things that they feel will resonate most with their audience, they go ahead and ask you again when you're live on TV. Now, there's only two times in my career that that didn't happen. One was Larry King Live. And not only is it scary because it's happening and not only is it live, but it's live worldwide. Like, it's live, you know? Uh, the other is Oprah. Oprah films what we call live to take. So that's how we do the doctors and a lot of these other shows where it looks like it's live to you at home, but it's not. I mean, it's pre-taped. Um, and in 2005, when I was on Oprah, and she said, Dr. Bill, you've had a career that is really unlike any other dentist that I've ever met or in history. 
what inspired you to think so far outside the box? And this was not a common phrase at the time. And I honestly looked her in the face and said, Okra, what box? And, and I think that that really kind of is a precursor to how I look at my whole life, you know? And, and kind of one of the things that I really encourage people to do is stop boxing yourself into things and really act as if there, there aren't any boxes. You know, in 1921, when Einstein was being lauded for his brilliance as he received his first Nobel laureate, he said, it's not my brilliance that got me here. It's my creativity. Mm. And I think more and more we're learning, you know, even when you look at stuff like social media and things like that, you know, it's creativity, it's being unique, it's being novel that's going to make you successful in these arenas. Now, for, you know, I guess for the for those kids out there that might be 19 or 20 who feel like they're kind of stuck in those boxes that you're talking about, um, do you have any best piece of advice in your experience on how to perhaps break that mold? And, you know, because to think outside the box is one thing, but a lot of people don't understand the vehicle to get to that point where they're thinking outside the box. Yeah, go to Leaf. <laughs> Leaf is a nonprofit motivational leadership program that we put on every summer. This year, obviously, it had to be virtual, but you can get more information at www.leadfoundation.com or just go to our website there or call. And uh, basically, LEAP is a week-long summer program where we teach kids the skills that they need to be successful in life. Obviously, this year it wasn't live. We did it virtually, but it was awesome. And I bring in great speakers. I mean, one of the things that's really blown me away is how much our community has really risen to the occasion. I mean, I could never afford to pay some of the people that came. We've had Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Paula Abdul, um, Kathy Bates, Usher, Michael Strahan. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Bennett. I mean, great, 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 great people with great stories and great kind of advice for these students. And the thing that we love to teach at LEAP is copy genius. You know, when I got to Beverly Hills, the last thing they needed was another cosmetic dentist. What I did is I interviewed five of the most successful cosmetic dentists in Beverly Hills by coming and shadowing them and, and just learning what they did. And that's what we teach at LEAP. We teach students how to find mentors and work with mentors who can really help influence them in life. Now, I know just even more than LEAP, uh, you do a lot of philanthropic work and giving back is a big part of, of who you are. Um, talk about that feeling that you get when you, I guess, with the with LEAP Foundation, um, of helping those kids when you see them overcome those hurdles and the, the sensation that it brings you in terms of, you know, someone who's there to, to help organize and, and help those kids. You know, there's a saying, it says, he who gives receives the greatest gift. And I really believe that, you know, um, when you give to these kids and you see what an impact it makes in their life, there's, there's nothing greater. Mm. And I know I think you had a an elementary school teacher. I heard in another interview, Miss Clemens, if I if I'm if I'm well if I'm not mistaken, um, where she said if you if you don't leave the world a little bit a better place than 
something in that ballpark of when you got there, then what's the point of being there? And I think that that's, uh, first of all, a beautiful quote. And I think it's it's something that we see in your work as well. And I'm, th- and I'm also wondering, um, you know, you've done so much in your own career. You've done so much to help others. You're still young, active, and healthy. I mean, how do you continue to push yourself every day? How do you continue to push that standard higher and higher and, uh, you know, at the same time, enjoy life? It's so funny that you use the word push because, like, I don't feel a push. Mm. You know, like, that's just what I do. Like, it's not a push. You know, I, I trust me, with this whole COVID thing and the way it's changed our life, I've been, I've never been bored in my life. I literally find myself bored sometimes. It's like, I just want to do more. You know, I, I, I just, I honestly feel like, you know, this is not a dress rehearsal for anything. This is the thing. And just, I want to just make sure I grab life by the gusto and get as much out of it as I can. Now, I also just want to take you back, I guess, into your, your early years of, of dentistry and, um, you said that you always knew since you were young that that was the route you wanted to go. Was there ever uh, some time along that road that you maybe had some doubts about whether or not it was still the right thing to do or if you were, you know, I mean, it's a lot of years of, of, me- of medical school and stuff like that. I mean, were there any doubts or did you always know straightforward this is this is the route and I'll do it till the end? B. <laughs> that was it, man. I mean... I set my my sights on it. It was it was actually really fortuitous because where a lot of my friends struggled with like what am I going to do? What like I just knew like I'm going to be a dentist, so I have to take this class, this class, and this class. And I, you know, it was really almost a mixed blessing. You know. Now, what is it also about? Uh, you know, I wonder about the psychology, especially here. Well, I guess all around the world, but especially here in America, about having good teeth. Um, you know, it's a big, it's, I guess, perhaps the first thing that a lot of people would notice, but you having done this for, you know, millions of years, you see a lot of different people come in. Is there one commonality of, of the reason why people want to have good teeth? Do you think it's just for confidence? Do you think it's more just for appearance? I mean, is there a a common thread with a lot of people that, you know, get work on their teeth? I mean, I don't even look at that as the first thing. It's health. Mm. I mean, people that walk around with really bad teeth, with infections and pain, the quality of life is horrible. You know, the aesthetic part is second. You know, yeah, it's nice to look and smile, have a nice smile. But, you know, there are a lot of people that, you know, have healthy teeth that don't look great. You know, those are two different things. Dental disease is the number one disease worldwide. It is the most prevalent disease. And, you know, if you if you have a bad toothache, it'll ruin your life. And now we're just going to take a quick break because I want to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. All of U.S. Wellness Meats' beef, lamb, bison, and dairy products are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. They also offer pasture-raised heritage pork, free-range poultry, and wild-caught seafood. They specialize in a variety of special diets and have hundreds of paleo, keto, 
Whole30 sugar-free and AIP-friendly options. U.S. Wellness Meats has over 400 all-natural whole foods in their online store at uswellnessmeats.com. All of their foods are raised on family farms dedicated to sustainable and ethical principles. They do not use any pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics, growth hormones, or GMOs. Go to uswellnessmeats.com today, and when you use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you'll receive 15% off of every single order at U.S. Wellness Meats. Again, go to uswellnessmeats.com, use that promo code PODCAST, and get 15% off store-wide savings. Now let's get back into it. Right, and I'm also wondering, um, you know, I mean, it's public. Uh, you've you've worked with a lot of high-level uh, high celebrities. Um is there more pressure when you're doing uh, some kind of dental work on a on a celebrity that you've perhaps watched, you know, growing up or or as you've gone gone over the years? And you know, I guess working on uh, more of the average person, if you will, do you feel more of a pressure? Totally. I mean, think of it this way: if a person earns their living based on their appearance, and they're coming to you to enhance their appearance, I mean, yeah, there's a lot more pressure, you know, but I thrive under pressure. What do you think, what do you think is about, uh, you know, being able to thrive under pressure? How do you, do you think it's something that's innate that was always, you know, that you're always born with, or it's something that you had to, you know, I guess, get accustomed to and learn over time? Nah, it's just me. Like, I, I love a good challenge, you know? And one of the things I love about dentistry is unlike plastic surgery that also changes a person's appearance, that's not predictable. What I do is, for instance, you know, you can go in and get a nose job. Well, the surgeon has no control over how you heal. The surgeon has no control over whether you have thick skin or thin skin or you'll scar or you won't scar or you'll swell or you it's not like that with dentistry. You know, if you come in for cosmetic dentistry, I make your teeth and I try them in and I show you. And if there's things you want to alter, I can do all that before I actually even cement your teeth. So we have total control of the end result. And that makes it so much more fun. And you've also, um, you know, I'm curious as how do you divide your time up uh, now, I guess, with, I mean, you're, you're involved in so many different things. Uh, I know you've, you've said in past interviews, I think you spend a little bit less time uh, working as much as you used to, but I mean, what's a, what's a day in the life of, of Dr. Bill look like these days? Well, pre-COVID and post-COVID, pre-COVID. two different Dr. Bills. I mean, pre-COVID, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, wake up, have breakfast, go to work after work, go to the gym, go to the gym every day, um, and then hang out, you know, with my kids or with friends, go to movies, go to dinners. And then I travel a lot. You know, I, I, I scuba dive. I'm an avid scuba diver. I, I've been diving all over the world, I travel all over. I mean, it was really fun. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, for two months, I literally sat in my condo figuring out how to safely treat patients. That wasn't fun. You know, now I go to work. I wear so much gear. Uh, it's horrible. That's not fun. And then after work, I can't go to the gym anymore. So I have my own little, here, 
I'll share it with you. I've got my own little like home fitness center here. There's the Dr. Bill. Uh, where is it? Uh, you can see it I in there. I can kind of see it over there. Yeah. So I've got my pull-ups. I got my, my ab stuff. I got my weights, you know, and yeah. What it's a whole a, new world. I'm wondering about uh, scuba diving. I, I didn't know this about you. Are you, where did that kind of passion come from? And, and how often would you do it, I guess, pre, pre-COVID? Pre-COVID, I probably did like 10 good trips a year. Wow. Um, so when I was at UCLA, there was a free course to get certified. I got certified and I've been diving ever since. Oh, wait. I think we just, I can't see. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah. And what, what, what kind of places have you been to and do you have a particular favorite? It might be easier to say, where haven't you been? <laughs> <laughs> I've been everywhere from Fiji to Indonesia, Raja Ampat, Belize. Um, oh, I, I mean, Hawaii. Um, uh, I mean, I've been everywhere. Every great dive spot in the world I've been to. Have you ever had any uh, scares? Galapagos. Don't do that one. <laughs> Why? What happened there? Oh, gosh. Um, we did a, a hammerhead shark dive. Now, it wasn't the hammerheads that, that almost ended my career. It was the water was so incredibly turbulent. We should not have done the dive. I actually was really, you know, I always go with, with professionals and, you know, they should not have taken us in there. It was, it was really scary. Um, we were being thrown around all over the place and I, I didn't enjoy that dive. In fact, after that dive, I didn't dive for two days. I was really kind of, I was ticked off that they would take us on that. Um, but I love nice calm, clear, warm water dives where I, I don't even have to wear a wetsuit or I wear a very light one. Uh, so I'm, I'm only doing those from now on. I'm a fair weather diver. Do you have any, uh, any destinations that you still haven't hit that you want to hit soon? Uh, diving wise. Um, I mean, there's a few, um, I'd like to go back to Indonesia. Raja Ampat was amazing. Uh, diving with those huge manta rays, and that was awesome. Now, I'm also curious, um, you know, I know you're you're a father, and, and being a father is very important to you. Um, how have you, you know, how does one person like yourself who's busy and working all the time also manage to to raise a family and, and you know, manage that time? Because I know for a lot of people out there, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of successful people who are also very busy, that's probably the most important thing is time um, and divvying up that time the way they want to. How do you kind of go about that? I mean, I've got three daughters. I pretty much call them every day. I talk to them. I'm, I'm active in their life. Uh, I don't think there was a single night in their life that I didn't tuck my kids into bed. Um, <laughs> we have this standing joke when Papa would read them a bedtime story. I, always fell asleep. I was so incredibly exhausted between work and then going to the gym and then being a dad. And like inevitably, I would lay in their bed with them, get all warm and cozy, cuddle up and start. I fell asleep every, there isn't a single night I didn't fall asleep in my kids' beds reading to them. But, you know, and I travel with them. Um, you know, my kids grew up 
in Beverly Hills. I told you, I grew up in Granada Hills. You know, the only common thing about that is the word hills. Um, and I didn't want my kids growing up feeling so privileged. So I've taken my kids on humanitarian trips since they were babies. And we've gone all over the world doing dentistry for free um, in different, you know, areas. And how do you, I mean, other than, uh, you know, taking them on the, on great humanitarian trips and, and exposing them to that, um, I guess on a regular basis, keep them grounded. Because I had uh, Sam Bakhtiar, who I believe you've had on, on your show as well, a uh, great guy um, who, you know, he grew up with nothing. And he talks about, you know, trying to tell his daughter that she can't have, you know, even if it's just $10, making her work for it. Um, how do you instill, you know, those kind of morals, uh, I guess, on a daily basis to your kids when when obviously they grew up uh, incredibly privileged and having, you know, virtually everything they needed? I think as a parent, probably the best advice I can give you is it doesn't matter what you tell your kids. Mm. It matters what you show your kids. You know, they see me doing this stuff. So I'm not just saying it, I'm also doing it. Um, and also, you know, uh, you teach them responsibility. You know, I didn't give my kids credit cards. To, I gave my kids each a debit card. They get X amount of dollars a month. And, you know, I don't want to know how they spend it. If they want to get their hair done or their nails done or whatever they buy a dress, that's fine. This is how much you get. And you want to spend more, go make money and spend more. And they do, you know. Um, you know, early on, I gave them all credit cards and I realized that was not smart <laughs> because when you have a credit card, you can go over the limit. When you have a debit card, you can't. So they get X amount a month and, uh, you know, they, they've got to kind of, you know, learn how to live within their means. Look, my kids, I don't make my kids work for t 10 bucks or, you know, I mean, we each have our own way of doing it, but my kids are good kids. They all went to college. They all studied hard. They all graduated college, you know, and I'm happy to help them. Have any of them gone into the, the dentistry field? Charlie was going to, and then she took biology and said, no, dad. <laughs> and I'm also curious, is there a, you know, perhaps when you were first starting out um, and, you know, with different businesses and stuff like that, uh, a piece of advice that you would have given a young Dr. Bill at the time that would have perhaps saved you time or, or probably the most valuable lesson that you've learned over the years? I mean, I, I, I was fortunate because I had it. And I would say, get great mentors. You know, having a mentor is the fastest way to success because you can learn from all of their mistakes and, and then emulate the things that they're doing that make them successful. Who, are, who have been some mentors for you that have, um, I guess, changed your changed your life or your perspective? I think I, I, I mean, I, I have three really great mentors. My parents um, are, you know, incredible. Um, I, I couldn't have asked for better or been blessed with better. Um, my grandfather, um, Arthur, was a, an amazing businessman. He knew how to build multi-million dollar businesses. And I learned a lot from him. And then there was a dentist, Jeff Golub Evans, who was out of New York, who was a very close friend of mine. And he really taught me the value of PR, how to work with a publicist and really, you know, build a brand and all that. This was, I mean, this was 
35 years ago when that wasn't even like a thing. And how does, um, you know, I guess talk about the brand of Dr. Bill. How do you, I guess, on a consistent basis, continue to, to grow that brand? I mean, you know, even in dealing with your assistant who is, who's writing me an email, I mean, they're, she's on point, you know, I mean, your brand is, is so solid and is so aesthetically pleasing. And I mean, there's the list of accolades goes on. People can go check that out after, um, you know, how do you, is there a conversation with your team on how you continue to grow the brand of, of Dr. Bill? I, I think the most important and consistent message is you, you never stop. You never rest on your laurels. You know, I mean, what did I know about social media five years ago? Nothing. You know, today I'm the only dentist in the world with a million followers on Instagram. You know, um, that didn't happen by accident. You know, it's all it's a lot of work. I have a whole team that does my 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 social media for me. You know, as a result, I've gotten some really, really lucrative influencer deals from some big, big, big companies. You know, I, I mean, I, I won't say the amounts of money, but it's it's mind boggling to me. You know, but I have a big following and we work on that every day, every day we're posting and posting, you know, and, you know, if you go and, and you see what I've done, it's it's just it's my name, Dr. Bill Dorfman, D-R-B-I-L Dorfman. Um, you know, I'm always following, you know, 10 to 15 other dentists, seeing what they're doing. And again, copying genius, taking the best parts of what they do and putting it in my Instagram you know, I'm also really selective on the TV shows I do. I just got hired to do a huge TV show um, on uh, on TLC, and I watched it. And I called, and I I you know respectfully respectfully declined. Like that's not my brand. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be on that show, even though I'm not a character on the show, and I'm only doing dentistry. I want to do dentistry for people that are really deserving and that, you know, like that I respect and the characters on this show were not people I, I wanted to, you know, to work with or be associated with. So they were actually pretty upset, but I said, no, this is, this isn't my brand. You know, extreme makeover was awesome. The doctors is awesome. You know, I'm working on things with Inside Edition. And I mean, these are uh, these are really great things. And I think a lot of people, you know, when they're like, oh, do you want to be on TV? They're just going to like jump at the opportunity. But I think it's important that it aligns with your brand and what, you know, what you stand for, what you want to do. And I respect that. And I also, you know, in seeing that the the ways in which you've expanded that brand, including, you know, your own podcast, Meet the Mentor podcast, which is great. People um, need to go check that out. What has that experience been like as well? I mean, you know, you talk about this idea of mentorship and it being important. Um, how, what has doing that podcast been like for you? And is it something that you look to continue, you know, the years go on? Or or is it something, you know, for the shorter term? I mean, how do you like doing that and being able to talk to other, you know, highly successful individuals as well? You know, the whole thing about Meet the Mentor was um, we started this at the beginning of this year. This is... Um, and it was basically a lot of the people I had interviewed for Leap, you know, Anthony Hopkins, Paula Abdul, you know, um, Kathy Bates, Mark Wahlberg. And so we had all this stuff. I'm like, you know, 
people that don't go to Leap don't get this. And I was approached by, by a, a really great guy who runs a podcast. And he said, we should do a podcast. So I did. And, you know, lo and behold, we're number one in Yemen. <laughs> we're number two <laughs> in Iceland. We're number three in Finland. And we're like 94th in a category of 47,000 in the U.S. And, you know, it, people like it. And so I have no intention of stopping. Uh, you know, originally we did it as kind of a precursor to leap, you know, thinking if we could keep putting out content like this, you know, the, the thing I think that makes my podcast a little unique is I interview people in a specific field. I ask them about their career success. And then I say, okay, give me a roadmap of what a student needs to do to emulate your career if they wanted to do that. And so that's kind of the thing I do in, in Meet the Mentor. And um, yeah, it's it's taken off a bit. Now, to wrap things up, um, you know, I mean, you're obviously healthy and shape and all the above, but do you ever think about legacy, um, how you hope to be remembered? Obviously, many, many more years of healthy life, but do you ever think about the, the Dr. Bill legacy? Um, I mean... It, that's not like a priority to me, but I, I realize it exists. If you go to my dental school in San Francisco, uh, it's the Dagoni School of Dentistry or formerly known as Pacific School of Dentistry. When you walk in, um, you're going to remember me because <laughs> you walk into the Dorfman Auditorium. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think really for all of us, a more tangible and, and more important kind of legacy is, you know, how you treat your, your family. And, and if you have kids, especially your kids, you know, um, it, that to me is the most important thing. I mean, you know, within Discus Dental, we also had a small real estate company. And when we sold our first, you know, property, um, I got a very, very, very large check. Like I never got a check that big. And instead of putting it in the bank, I bought my parents their dream house Beautiful. And, and they live there. And if you are on the phone with me, when I call my mom and dad, as I do every evening, the first thing my mother will do is cry a little bit and tell me how thankful she is for her beautiful home and their little boat, they, they live in Westlake and they've got a little electric boat and they, they go around the lake every night. That's their little ritual. Their, you know, mom is 82 and dad is 87. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's my legacy. Beautiful. People can uh, follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Bill Dorfman. There's the Meet the Mentor podcast. As we talked about, theleapfoundation.com if they want to find out more information about the Leap Foundation and your website, billdorfmandds.com. Bill, thank you so much for, for taking the time today. It was a pleasure and an honor to have you on my show. And I hope thank that uh, one day I get to meet you in person if you're ever in New York, bring you in studio. But uh, all the best to you. Thank you. Thanks so much.